0: COO at Cirrus Insights and founder. Last time he was on, which was about a year ago, they had 100,000 customers. Now they're over 125,000. They increased ARPU from six bucks a seat to eight bucks a seat. They increased MRR from 640 grand to over a million. So almost 2X year over year growth, which is great. Most importantly, they're not thinking about additional product lines to diversify like flight plans, which I encourage you guys to check out. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. 5 and 6 million. He is hell bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer counts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing though, this database, I keep it to myself, it's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of, you've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at gitlatka.com. This is episode 780. Coming up tomorrow morning in episode 780 we go back into the crypto world. The guy I have on us, his name is Kristoff and this is what Airbnb would look like in the digital currency world via his company, slock.it. Hello everyone my guest today is Brandon Bruce he is the COO and co-founder of Cirrus Insight the sales plug-in for Gmail and Outlook the company is number 41 on the Inc 5000 and the fastest growing company in Tennessee Brandon once raced his bicycle 508 miles across Death Valley in 35 hours and seven minutes just shows that that's his signal to the world don't mess with us right Brandon are you ready to take us to the top
1: Hey, absolutely, Nathan. Running a startup's like riding a bicycle a long way. Right? You're, you just keep you're going. a
0: competitor. You're a competitor. That's what I hear in that sentence. You, you like absolutely. to compete and win. So, okay, we had you on almost a year and a half ago. I want to summarize some of that data and then talk in this episode more about how you're entering the world of kind of drip campaigns and other things Sirius is thinking about. So, back when we had you on about a year ago, you had raised about 550 grand in funding. You had about 90 employees. Uh, let's start with those two. Have you raised any? capital and have you grown your team and if so by how much?
1: Uh, the team is pretty similar size. I don't think we were up to 90 at that point. I think we were probably somewhere in the range of maybe 55, okay. maybe 60. Um, so now we're up to about 70. Great. We haven't raised any additional uh, funding. We haven't sought to. So we're still powering away with the good old fashioned customer funded organic growth. You guys will it. have
0: to go back and listen to that episode. It's one of the things I appreciate about Brandon is that he has a fast growing B2B enterprise SaaS, well not enterprise, but a B2B SaaS company that has not relied really on venture capital outside of the initial 550K. So uh, he talks about strategy around that in the last episode, which you can go listen to at nathanlankacom forward slash the top 226. So, okay, Brennan, talk to us about product. For people not familiar with Sirius, what does it do? And tell us about your latest product, which I believe is called Flight Plan.
1: Yeah, when we launched five years ago, we basically wanted to solve for switching back and forth between Gmail and Salesforce all day, every day. And we got to the point where it was driving us crazy to switch two, 300 times a day. We started talking to other salespeople and it was driving them crazy too. So what Serious Insight does at its core is bring Salesforce into the inbox so that you can spend your day working in Gmail, Google Calendar, Outlook, Outlook Calendar, and knock out all your prospects and, and your customer contacts from there. Meanwhile, we help the sales rep to seamlessly update Salesforce in the background. Mm-hmm. I think our, our key kind of learning over the last few years is Salesforce is not a sales tool. Uh, Salesforce is not actually a CRM. It's kind of a misnomer. It's called the Customer Relationship Management Platform. But you know as well as anybody, no customer relationship has ever been formed in a database. Uh, all, you know, Our meeting, our podcast today was formed by email and then a calendar invite, right? So our focus is really on meeting salespeople where they are in the inbox and providing value from there. And our newest release, which came out just a couple weeks ago, called Flight Plans is really an extension of that philosophy. So it's fully built into Outlook and Gmail, and it really allows people to set up a sequence of sales touches, so mm-hmm. day one might be an email followed by a LinkedIn uh, invite on day two, followed by a phone call with a personalized call script on day three, etc. And take people down what marketers call a customer journey, so that it's personalized, it's low scale, so you're not sending out 100,000 you know spam blast emails at a time. It's really designed to be you know, more of a, a sniper attack versus a you know machine gun nest where you just trying to hit something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, unfortunately, too much of sales is, is has been running too fast, I think, over the last couple of years. So this is, in many respects, an attempt to, like, let's slow down, let's focus, let's make outreach really meaningful and personalized.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> I want to talk more about a strategic decision to add another product, why you do it at all. Uh, but first, we need to have a little bit of understanding in terms of the historical context. So, last episode, you articulated a lot of your growth came from your unique ability to own a single distribution channel, which was ranking high, I believe, in the Salesforce App Exchange. Am I accurate there?
1: Yeah, definitely. Our initial growth going back five, six years ago, we were really jump started on the Salesforce app exchange. Now that we've been out in the market five, six years, you know, a lot of our continuing growth is through word of mouth, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, which is great, right? We love referrals because it means someone's taken our app from one company to another or suggested to a friend. uh, But more and more our effort now is finding new vectors uh, to get out to market and making sure we're unique because now, as you know, there's hundreds, maybe thousands, of sales enablement, and sales acceleration tools. Yep. So it's becoming a very, very busy space. And so, how can we uh, differentiate ourselves in that in, in that crowded space?
0: And if my data is correct, last time it came on, you had articulated you guys had passed, I think, a hundred thousand. I I think that number was not. Unique businesses, but seats across all the businesses kind of using you at an average seat price of about six bucks. Is that, is that accurate? And if so, what are the updated numbers?
1: Yeah, we've just con- kind of continued to trend along those lines. So it's up above 100,000 now. It's probably about 100 and a quarter. Oh, great. Uh, the, the average seat price has gone up since then. So, you know, that really included a lot of our early customers that were sometimes paying, you know, $5 a month, $9 a month. Now our two plans, starter and closer, are 19 and 29 respectively and our flight plans uh, seats are selling for substantially more are those so, okay.
0: included though like are those flight plans going to be included in the current pricing or is that a whole new product line that your inside sales team can use for our expansion
1: yeah it's a whole it's a whole new tier so it's the same it's Sears insight is the product name but flight plans is kind of the addition if you will so okay. we'll have three additions the starter which is your your basic with really robust salesforce integration productivity tools closer has some additional scheduling functionality and some uh, the ability to do email campaigns out mm. to multiple people at a time and then flight plans takes it to that next level and is kind of our higher level plan for those really you know high growth fast moving SDR teams customer success teams account executive teams that want to be able to program in basically their winning sales playbook yep. so that they never miss a follow-up. You guys,
0: coming up, I'm going to ask Brandon more about, what, again, why he wants to go into such a fragmented space where the likes of MailChimp are giving away so much for free. Microsoft actually just announced a few days ago they're also getting into the space. I want his feedback on that. Uh, before we do that, Brandon, you talked to me about business health. So the math, I think last time I did 100,000 seats times six bucks, and you guys were doing, I think you said, somewhere around 640 grand in MRR. Has that grown? Where are you guys at? What was last month?
1: Yeah, so we're just, we're just hitting and starting to pass a million MRR now, so we've seen some nice growth. Brandon- Dude, we that's exciting. Yeah. That's almost that's, that's awesome. almost
0: two. That's almost two X your, your growth that's great.
1: Yeah, no, so, so we feel good about that. We've got a great team that's powering that growth. I think we're really hitting our stride on the engineering side. So mm-hmm. we're really knocking out some really big you know customer requests now. So flight plans came out of, as with most of our releases customers saying, this is what we really want to be able to do. And what's interesting is after we kind of press them for for why because like you say, there's so many tools in the space why not use Aliqua, Marketo, Pardot, HubSpot, MailChimp, etc. to do this? And what we came to find out is there's a lot of teams really uh, overpaying and underutilizing marketing automation. So they're paying the big ticket price for a big platform, but they're using it like a monthly newsletter system. And, And so what they're now deciding is What's important is to use the great messaging that the marketing team has created, but put it in the hands, the possession of the sales team, and let them run it in the way that only the sales team knows how, right? The sales people on the ground know, this is the messaging that resonates, this is how often it should go out. And so we're starting to see marketing and sales work even more closely together than I think we've seen over the last 10 years as sales kind of steps up and says, we need a tool of our own. Mm -hmm. Because Salesforce is great as a CRM, it's great a management reporting tool, and now sales teams are saying we need actually actual selling tools to do the job.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like people are willing to pay you for that. You know, if I take a million in MRR, you, you said a million last month you broke? Yeah. So if you take a million in MRR divided by 125,000 seats, you're going from six bucks a seat, which was about a year and a half ago, to up, upwards of eight bucks a seat now, right? So that's a that's a sign that folks are obviously paying you more for these additional features. Um, how do you, I mean, you already hit this, right? This is a really, really fragmented space. Uh, you see companies like Drip exiting to, what was it, Lead Pages, I think. Uh, you yeah. have kind of a lot of activity in this space. Um, oh, why is it so fragmented why why can't there be like a winner a winner and a loser
1: Right. What will be really interesting to see over the next, you know, honestly, a couple years, because things move so fast in the sales software space, is if you look at marketing automation as as a direction that this could go, then you've got, you know, four really big unicorn companies that came out of that time period, and then you've got kind of a, a middle tier of companies, and then you've got a really long tail of folks that did marketing software. Right now, we're still in that time where there's hundreds of sales enablement and sales acceleration tools, what will be interesting to see is if at some point there's going to be a consolidation or if in fact the space is so big and companies are still in demand for just finding the best tools for each job. So the big question in my mind is, will companies continue to buy eight, nine, ten pieces of software to form their quote-unquote sales stack and piece them together and put someone you know in responsibility for that job? Or is there going to come a point where they say, gosh, this is just too much. It's too fragmented. It's too hard to integrate all those apps. What we really want is one platform or maybe two, three apps that we can stitch together and that work really well together. So what we're trying to do is position ourselves well to A, be the best at what we do, which historically we've been the best at connecting with the Salesforce CRM, but also do a good job of going broad. So mm-hmm. continuing to offer more and more and more features across the spectrum. So when you look at our space, you're talking about you know presentation tracking, attachment tracking, like the stuff that uh, other companies like Clearside and Fileboard, et cetera do uh, you're looking at. are that, you, build, uh, are you to, building that or do you already have a, a tool for that? Yeah, that, that's stuff that's coming up. So yep. you know things that people can expect, To come in, the Cirrus Insight in 2017 will be that level of attachment tracking, some really robust, uh, you know, click-to-dial functionality. So, will you build or buy? We we build we're going to build almost all of that. There yeah. may be an opportunity to do you know a little some small acquisitions, but I think for us it's like I say the engineering team is really on point, and so we're we're sprinting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think 2017 is going to be a big year for us to add all those major components so that we can take people to you know, we'll call it cradle to grave of sales, right? So the full funnel, where you're mm-hmm. finding a prospect to begin with, working them through the sales process, and then signing a contract at the end. Mm-hmm. So that's our, that's our goal through the end of the year.
0: What does a uh, gross customer logo churn look like per month? Uh, last time we spoke, you gave me a net revenue churn number, which was negative 2%. But what's gross customer churn monthly or annually?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Gross customer churn is gonna be in the fifteen to twenty percent range right now. Annually. So yeah, what we'd like to do is get it below ten. Yeah. Right. So there's kind of the magic number is trying to get it to one percent a month, which would be twelve percent, or really under ten percent for a year. Um, that that tends to be pretty elusive for companies like us that have a really long tail. So we serve a lot of SMB customers, which yep. is where you're going to see a little more movement. Um, but for our enterprise customers, the churn is a lot less. And as we go up market with the higher price. Um, applications, and I think we're going to see lower churn in that space also, because there's more of an investment on the part of the customer.
0: Yeah, the flip side to yeah. doing what you've done in in terms of, look, you have two kinds of B2B SaaS companies. One, it's low volume, super, super high ARPU, and or the other is low, low ARPU, yeah. like, you know, in the $10, $20 range, but really, really high volume. And the, yeah. the, the companies like you that do the latter, the advantage you have are all those low ARPU paying customers are essentially leads that as they develop and use you more, will pay more, and your inside sales team can use to kind of upsell them. So, what does, what does in your enterprise cohort where you have, I imagine an active sales strategy, selling additional seats, additional features, additional products like flight plans, uh, what does net annual revenue turn look like?
1: Yeah, for that so far, thankfully it's been really, really low. So, yeah. you, so in that cohort, Is it negative you are tight. T- yeah. As far as net revenue turn, it'd be negative as far yeah. as net C turn. It would definitely be under that 10%, yeah. probably under 5% for those large companies, because Uh, And and you know this, anytime you're with a large company, there's a bigger opportunity to do a multi-year deal, a multi-year commitment, and there's inertia. So while the sales cycle is a lot longer, right? It can be 12, 18 months before you get the deal, but once you have it, it's 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 much more unlikely for that company to unwind the deal over time because they've made a commitment to rolling it out, and doing training, and so forth. So you've got the inertia then flips and you've got it on your side going forward.
0: Last month, how did you add customers? I'm curious what percentage you'd still credit to the Salesforce App Exchange placement you've got, which is really really high versus paid acquisition you've done. How would you break it down?
1: Yeah, so Salesforce App Exchange, while still a great platform for us, is, is a lot less important as a lead source for us now. And okay. um, so a lot of leads now are coming through word of mouth. We do some small scale paid search acquisition, but a lot of what we're focused on is really good content. So, you know, I wrote a book called The Slow Sale, How Slowing Down Helps You Win More Deals, which is a little bit of a pushback to, to the space that we occupy in general, which is, you know, called sales acceleration, right? Which implies that we're always supposed to be going faster. And I think the danger to that is that, that we go faster, but acceleration has to do with velocity and velocity has a direction. So we could just be going faster in the wrong direction, yep. which is, I think one of the big challenges for all of us in sales is we, we might feel good. Like, man, I hit, you know, I made a hundred phone calls today and sent 10,000 emails. And so it must've been a great day. Uh, but we really got to start focusing more on ROI, right? Actual closed one deals in the system. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think slowing down and saying, what does the customer really want? How can we personalize the communication, uh, you know how can we form that actual bond with the customer that makes them a sign today but b makes them into a good long-term customer where Let they're not you know, if i rush you into a sale and, and you agree the chance of you turning is going to be that much higher because you really haven't made that full psychological commitment yet
0: last month how much did you spend on paid marketing
1: Oh, very little. our 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 budget for paid marketing last month was probably somewhere between twenty five, fifty thousand dollars. And is
0: most of that going towards what ads or sponsorships at conferences or what?
1: Yeah, some, some sponsorships. We did, we've done historically a lot of sponsorships at conferences. We found, uh, and at least toward the end of last year, that attendance was starting to drop at some of the conferences. So we think that might be a trend. We're not sure yet. Um, and we know there's plenty of other companies still doing great at conferences. But we feel like maybe that hit its peak that people have been going to big conferences now for the last five plus years for sales Mm -hmm. and now they're starting to say whoa saturation point right we've done all these conferences so so we've started to scale back some on that front and really focus on getting what we consider to be really high quality content out there long form blog posts podcasts like the one that you do yep Uh, we have our own podcast now what's Uh, it called uh, it's called the love hate relationship with sales there so, you go uh, check it out realistic, guys that wants yeah that wants to be on a podcast we talk about one thing you love about sales and one thing you hate about sales uh, pretty pretty simple 20 minutes and it's a lot of fun
0: So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. There you guys have it. Good, Brandon, let's wrap up here with the famous five number one. What's your favorite business
1: book? So uh, a friend of mine just gave me a book last week, and so I read it over the weekend, called The Energy Bus. And that may be one that people have. The Energy have heard already. Yeah, no, the Energy Bus. Like you're oh, getting on a, on a bus with a bus driver. And it's one of those books that's written like an allegory, right? So you read it and it's, you, it's like you're living the life of somebody else and they take you through his story about going to work and interactions with his family. But the net-net is that it really focuses on you know, having a positive attitude and keeping your energy really high. And if there's uh, folks around you or market forces affecting your business that are taking energy away, then how do you slough those off and keep focusing on executing like you need to do? So I'd recommend that book. And the friend that gave it to me runs a thriving mortgage company uh, here in Knoxville. And so he's he's using it a lot for what he does. So right now, uh, that's the book I'd recommend.
0: The Energy Bus. Okay, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently?
1: You know, right now it's hard not to follow Elon Musk because it's so much fun to see the stuff that he's building, right? For him to come out and say, yeah, we're going to build the biggest uh, battery array in Australia, and if we don't deliver it on time, it'll be free. There's not too many people saying stuff like that, so you can't help but pay attention to it. Um, uh, Plus, I decided to to go bold this year and and got myself a Tesla, which I love. And so (laughs) I'm following him to to see what's next. Otherwise, I'm following Jeff Bezos because it's fun to see amazon start to kind of take over these different sectors and really uh scare the you know what out of everybody else i mean they just released out of stealth i guess their geek squad competitor and overnight best buy took a big hit so anytime amazon makes a move it affects every market
0: number three besides your own is their favorite online tool you have like hostgator
1: yeah, it's a great question. We use a ton of them. I think, and I might have said the same thing last time, we, we we use the heck out of Google Drive. So it's hard to imagine us not not using Google Drive. The other tool that we're using all the time internally is Slack. Yep. And I was a slow adopter of Slack, but now that we're on it, we, we use it all day, every day.
0: All right, and how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
1: Uh, not as many as I probably should. i probably around six.
0: Okay, and what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? Married with two kids, little ones. Uh, good, and how old are you, Brandon? i 38. All right. Take us back 18 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew?
1: Man, I think I would try to start a full-fledged company earlier. I was very involved in the nonprofit space, and I love that, and I and I like to keep doing it. And I'm very involved with lots of lots of charities here in Knoxville. Um, but I think there's nothing like jumping into the game and really running a company, meeting payroll, trying to scale up. And so I would encourage myself to have done that really even earlier. But I'm having the time of my life now, so uh, all, all's well that ends well.
0: There you guys have it from Brandon Bruce, COO at Cirrus Insights and founder. Of Last time he was on, which was about a year ago, they had 100,000 customers. Now they're over 125,000. They increased ARPU from six bucks a seat to eight bucks a seat. They increased MRR from 640 grand to over a million, so almost 2x year over year growth, which is great. Most importantly, they're now thinking about additional product lines to diversify, like flight plans, which I encourage you guys to check out. Brandon, good luck and thank you for taking us to the top. Awesome. Thanks, If you enjoyed Brandon today, go back and listen to Foursquare's CEO Jeff Glick, who joined me yesterday and told me how he transitioned the company from a consumer social network to an enterprise B2B data play. In fact, you've used Foursquare in the past 24 hours, even if you don't realize it.